You're listening to the Black Compass Podcast, the show that brings you real talk from women about culture, career, justice, and wellness, all all in the pursuit of black excellence. With your host, Dynasty Hunt and Dr. Jess Williams. Happy Friday. Is it happy Friday? Should we say happy Friday? It's Friday. (laughs) I'm so used to be like, happy Friday. And I'm like, but is it happy? Is it happy, (laughs) y'all? Not today. Not today. It's a tired Friday and just happy to go into the weekend. (laughs) I don't know what my emotions are Friday. I need emotion will Friday. (laughs) Okay. So check-in question before we get started. How are you showing up to today's space? Someone asked me, like, how are you doing? I was like, don't ask me that. So I was like, okay, here's the question. How are you showing up to today's space is a better question. Honestly, I feel that I'm just strolling in, literally strolling. Like, (laughs) I'm present, but it's just one of those times where I'm like, okay, what's next? What is next going to happen? What is the Mm. next thing I'm going to read? What is the next thing I'm going to see? That in a way, it's kind of like a little hypervigilance. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 No, that that really resonates for me. I, I would say that I am showing up tired and exhausted but also excited and ready to fight. Like every time I see something in the news or I see someone who's like, well, that doesn't exist or racism doesn't exist or it should be this way and how we operate. I'm just like, oh, you want to go? We can go. Right. So so maybe excited, not the word. Maybe the word is just like ready. Like right now would probably be like, Dynasty, you need to bring, you're like on level 17. You need to bring it down to a one and I'm like but no we need our level 17s because I'm the lurker in the background right I'm the lurker in the background as I say but I'll say I'm like at a level six but the hyper vigilance that I'm speaking of is because I'm an observer right and I'm observing what's happening And it does have an effect on me, just like it has an effect on everybody else. But with my observance, it's like, oh, okay, so this is how people want to show up. This is how people, the things that people want to say and how people want to treat other people. Okay, I'm just getting ready to start calling you out in my good old Dr. Jess fashion, you know, and really honing on to that. It feels uncomfortable, but that's my action plan. Does that make sense? So I'm not at dies at level 17, right? But with everything that's happening, I feel like I'm amping up little by little by little because I'm a processor, right? I like to look at both sides. I like to balance. And while doing this, it's I I am exhausted because it is a lot of work and there's so much more work (laughs) for us to do. (laughs) So it's a very interesting time right now. I feel like it's a very interesting time. I feel like it's a very interesting time for Black women. And it's so interesting because I feel like it's an interesting time for Black women. And yet I feel like it is a consistent time for Black women, meaning that what we are seeing, what we are experiencing, what, how we are seeing is not new. I'm like, this ain't new. 
for Mm-mm. it's consistent in how we've been treated, how we're viewed, how we're looked at. But I feel like it is on level 17. I feel like that's on level 17. It's like we're expected to be all of the things. We're expected to be the educators. We're expected to be the ones that lead the forefront. But then we are also the ones who are dehumanized and demonized in the media. We are the ones who are torn down the most. We are the ones where, you know, people expect us to give a 17 page document of evidence of how we should be treated. And let me show you why I should be treated that way and what's happened to me. And I'm thinking about like Meg the Stallion. And I just right. there's so much that we are experiencing. And what I get from people is like, you need to rest, you need to take care of yourself. And I'm like, when? I don't have time. time. Nope. Because when I rest, Y'all rest too. Y'all, re- y'all are already resting, right? But when y'all rest, that means nothing is getting done. We are not making change. And I don't think people get that. I don't think people understand this incredible weight that we carry on our shoulders. And right now, in this year of 2020, we are carrying so much more and so many more things and we're not given the space to then process our own stuff. No, and I think it's to do that for ourselves. And it's crazy to me. And it makes sense because it's like the visibility of everything is totally there in the forefront, right? And for myself, it's like, shoot, I can't give you the blueprint, be the contractor, the engineer, (laughs) and the plumber of everything, right? And I think the lens on Black women it's always zoomed in, you know, and it's interesting because it's like, how much more do you really need, right, mm-hmm. for you to be understanding of what we have gone through and what we're continue to have to go through in order to keep our voice going. And it's like, I kind of feel like I hear crickets sometimes, you know what I mean? I hear crickets. And it's not a level playing field at all. I was on Instagram and I saw, what was it? I think it was a lady, it was a black lady running track against a white woman or a white man. It was a various different ones. And the white person basically like was in the, you know, in the track position where you're about to take o- take off. But the lady had like a bowling chain connected to her ankle and had to run. He's running over hurdles or having a straight mm-hmm. lane. She had kind of like a needles that she had to run or jump over. And it was like a wall that she had to climb over. And I was just like, this is some, this is some, some, some crap right now like is this really but it's reality reality. (laughs) it's reality to the point that I wanted to shed a tear but in that moment I was too I was too strong to allow myself to shed a tear off of seeing a visual like that because I knew it was true but the tear wanted to come because it hurt it hurts yeah and I don't think people acknowledge the pain, how much it hurts, hurts and what we have to go through. And it hurts me when I start to process what my mother went through, mm-hmm. what my grandmother went through, what my ancestors have gone through, what the women before me have gone through, and that we are still here. Mm-hmm. We are still expected to have, you know, that ball, that Jane. I'm like, maybe we're not in the field picking cotton and getting whipped. But let me tell you, there are some days <laughs> where... 
you know, maybe it's not with a physical whip, but, but mentally, with your words, with how we are treated, oh, we're right back. We're right back. We're right back. We're right the back. Thing in the is, it just looks different. You know yeah. what I mean? It looks different, but the mannerisms, the attitudes, you know, the disrespect is most definitely there and it's learned behavior and I am a big advocate of learned behavior because as human beings we're very resilient you can put us in any type of environment and we can adjust accordingly Mm -hmm. with ease it may be a little bit bumpy but with ease right so when someone steadies poke at you, speak down to you, make you feel used, whether professionally or personally, and don't really give value or gratitude or support or show you kindness, that's learned behavior. Because somebody has given you permission to treat people as if they're not human beings, especially Black women. So at the end of the day, when you look at equity, Right. When you look at equity in the workplace, you look at advancement, you look at mentorship, you look at integration of being able to integrate black women, women of color into the workplace. You have to take all that into account. And there is a true lack of authenticity. And that's truly how I feel about it. Yeah, you're taking all of that into account. And then what people don't take into account is equity doesn't mean that I carry your burden for you. Mm-hmm. In the workplace, it is really easy to say, okay, we're going to put a person of color at the table. We're going to put a black woman at the table. But now, dear black woman, you get to carry the weight of the organization. One, you better be paying me for carrying all this weight. <laughs> but do, no, I don't. Because I am still a human being too. But in organizations, it is quick to put a Black woman at the table and say, we've solved the problem. But now Black woman, go and do all the things. There's this wonderful graphic and I don't have the person's name who created it. And if I find it, I will share it because I want to give that person all of the credit. But there's a wonderful graphic that trends all the time on LinkedIn. And it shows when a Black woman comes to an organization your first like rever so much experience oh yes we're so glad you're here anything you say that's amazing and then it turns quickly to wait a minute you're saying too much you're getting a little too much out of your boundaries of what we want from a black woman and Mm -hmm. so you need to now like quiet down then you're a troublemaker then you're a performance issue and then you're out the door and it's this vicious cycle and that visual resonates so much for me where I've gotten to the place now where, you know, when I go into organizations, I'm like, hey, here's this visual. Can you have a conversation about how to make sure we don't get to X place? Because I already know it's going to come at some point. So I'm just trying to proactively find out like where you right. are in it. But that is the reality for how we are treated in the public eye too. And right. that's what right I was about now, to say. Mm-hmm. This is how we are treated in the public eye too, where, oh, you can say something publicly until it doesn't work for people or until people don't like what you say. And then we attack black women. You know, mm-hmm. people are constantly attacking. And I'm even seeing black women attack black women. I'm like, no, 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 yes. no. So like, wait a minute. What a- is, so listen, you know how like, hey, we can, we can be like doing whatever behind closed doors. But what you're not going to do is publicly come out and go against me or shame me. I'm like, can we, yeah. can we get an agreement, black women? 
that like we gonna handle that in DMs or in private emails. Right. We're not gonna do it publicly because there's already no. so much against us. Why well, and, and it's true enough. It's a domino effect. That's what it is. You are proving the perception of what people think of us as black women to be true. So yeah. when you, I mean, and it's true enough, okay, everybody has issues, but not everybody knows that everybody issues. And I don't want to know everybody issues. You know what I mean? Like for me, people know me as being like, I'm everyone's biggest cheerleader. I'm going to call you out when you're wrong and I'm going to cheer you on when you're right. But if you're wrong, we're going to take it behind closed doors and talk Always. about it, right? Always. And keep it and just keep it real. Because a lot of times it has to do with ego, right? A lot of times... We get in each other's way because of ego and it's small, tenacious things. It's, it's nothing really big. So it's like we have to fight in the workplace. Then we have to fight for our own personal relationships to have somebody else that look just like you and probably just as successful as you are mm -hmm. to come through with their two cents of bashing you, right? And then you have to deal with the perception of how people always say black men don't respect black women. So then we have to deal with that. And it's just like, wow, can I just sit on a bench and eat my snow cone in peace? <laughs> like, no, <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I have to manage all these personalities, all of these opinions of how I'm being perceived as a Black woman. And it doesn't feel good. And you still have to wake up in the morning and keep going with the blueprint. Yes. <laughs> With the blueprint. And then the other piece says, I feel that we can't just have an ABC plan. We have to go through A through Z. Oh, please. A through Z. <laughs> and then we're out here making up letters. Letters. Like Z125. Because we got to have all these extra things like ready to go. Like when people are like, why don't you just launch? You're like too much in your head. You should just put this word out to the word. And I'm like, yo, no, I got to research this thing 17 times. I got to make sure my wording is correctly. I remember a post I did recently and it had some Michelle Obama quotes in this white man. I was just like, ah, but I did this post and I misspelled a word and it was something like small. It was like theirs versus there. And he wrote and he was like, I feel like this should be taken down. Like there were a few spelling errors and we just want to honor Michelle in the most appropriate way. And I was like, I am honoring her by sharing her voice and making sure that her voice is shared. How dare you tell me that because of a spelling grammatical thing that now I am not honoring someone in an appropriate way. Get off my page. Come on down from this page right now. And to the left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just go ahead. Just come on off my page. Go ahead and hit unfollow. But on top of that, stop policing me. Stop policing my tone. Stop policing what I am saying. There are so many folks. I know yeah. that, you know, we're both active on social media, but I have just experienced so much tone policing or grammar policing yeah. or, you know, I wish you would have said it like this. You know what? I wish you would have said that on your page in your way because I don't have time for that. It's enough to put my voice out there but then for you to scrutinize it and then people are like, why don't you post more? Why don't you come out more? Because y'all are going to attack it. Whatever I do, it's right. going to be attacked. I have had death threats. I have been told and called everything under the sun because I told some folks, be mindful of how you talk to Black folks on Monday because we're tired of seeing all the shootings that happen. So don't come in like, was your weekend amazing when we were out protesting? No. Right. No. 
No, and it's and I think it's also because people are just uncomfortable with everything that's happening. I'm speaking for myself. I can't speak for everybody. It's like, but this happens all the time for us. But this happens all the time. Yeah. Like I'm used to carrying the load, and that's sad to have to say. I'm used oh, yeah. to carrying this load, and it's interesting enough because I had an interview with a program called Cohort Sisters, where it's all Black women that are either pursuing a doctoral degree or already have graduated with their doctorate degree, and they're into mentoring and community service. And I did my interview with them, and they asked, Jess, how were you able to get through your program? And I told them, I said, therapy in my community because it's so hard to find mentorship through all of the things that are occurring in our world, right? I said, but during my time of getting my doctorate, which wasn't way too long ago, it was still a struggle being the only one and still finding that relatable mentor to help you get through the process versus you stumbling and rolling down the hill yourself and trying to pick yourself up to be successful and to excel, right? And I feel it's the same thing still now. It's still the same thing, but it seems like it's worse because it's right there in front of our face. When yeah. you click, when you turn on a TV, when you open up an app, if somebody texts you, everything is right there in front of your face, you oh, know, yeah. and it's rough. It, it's rough. And you're just trying to figure it out. So everybody has their different levels. Some we need our level, our people that's level 17 and up. We need our level, <laughs> level fives and sevens. Like everybody is needed on whatever level you're on, right? Because at the end of the day, what I do know about black women, the community piece of this is what keeps us going. Yeah. Every single day. That it's the community, it's the resiliency that, you know, I know everyone has a story, but the black woman's story, it's so powerful because a lot of times you don't even know what the Half real the story is. Half you don't really know yeah. what the real story is. And that's how come I always use the analogy that, hey, I'm writing my New York Times bestseller just because chapter four wasn't the best chapter of my life. Guess what? I get to define what the rest of this book reads. So if I want to define my book being read on a level 17 and I'm reaching and I'm meeting my call to action of my life as a black woman, then let's let it go. Let's make it happen. But that's the piece. It's not about, I think the big piece comes up for me is being authentic. Others being authentic to us and us being authentic to each other. And you know, that authenticity matters so much, but you have to fight for it, right? You have to yes. fight for it from an internal standpoint first. Like you yeah. have to go and you have to seek that out because I think a lot of people are like, I'm being authentic, but you're just going by what the world wants, what you think the world expects, what you think the world sees. And there is a real process. There is a real self-examination and self-exploratory yep. process that has to happen for you to get to the place where this is me being authentic. And then you can figure out how to be authentic with your community. You can figure out how to be authentic with the public. You can figure out how to be authentic in all that you do. Right. But there, in, in, in Black women, I feel like, you know, we're thinking about this state of the union. I'm like, we need to give ourselves the space to find that inner authenticity. I think well, the 
biggest and the most important thing that I did for myself in the last, I would say, seven years is go through that journey, go through that process and find that inner authenticity. And it has shaped who I am. It has shaped how I show up in the world. And it has made me stronger when folks ask, like, how do you deal with some of the things that people say? How do you keep going? How are you still on level 17? And a piece of that is I can do that because I have done that inner authenticity work. So I feel comfortable with the things that I put out there, the ways that I show up, the ways that I am upholding my community are authentic to me and aren't fake and aren't causing me sweats at night because I'm like, "Mm, I'm showing up as a completely different dynasty. Like I'm showing up as the core of who I am, but that requires real work. And I think for some black women, I just want to encourage you. Like if you're listening to this and you're like, I haven't done that inner work and I'm trying to be out here and in the streets and trying to fight and publicly push things out there. Stop. We got you. Those of us who have been doing that and are going to continue to do it because this work doesn't, you know, stop inner authenticity work doesn't stop, but go do that for you because we need you and you won't be the best you if you don't know who the best you is and you don't know who you are. So go do that. Go do that work. And that's what it is. You got to do your own internal work. And a lot of times you get used to just waking up every morning and doing what you do but you're not being true to yourself if you're not doing your own internal work because in order to be yourself, you have to do your work in order to evolve. Does that make sense? You have to be able to bridge who you are internally in order to really show who you are externally. And that's when the authenticity comes out. And that is that major connection that you got to do your work. You have to be open to it. And it's going to be the hardest thing that you do because it's you facing you. You know, when you get up in the morning, you brush your teeth and you wash your face and you're looking in the mirror. Yeah, that's how it's going to look. You looking at you, but in the inside and you starting to unpack whatever you have uncovered, whatever you have been hiding, right? Whatever that has been triggers or red flags for you. You have to unpack all of that because guess what? When you walk out in this world, People are going to come in that dark space that's been hidden and start turning on lights. And then that's why we also get some of the reaction that you get from Black women, especially Black women to Black women, right? It's like, hey, you don't want nobody poking a bear and then the bear wakes up and cause havoc and chaos. Go ahead and take that time to do your work. You're deserving of it because you have so much to bring. So much to bring. And and you have to do that in the work. Uh. I feel, I feel another episode coming on an inner work. Yeah. Definitely. Inner work is a big one. <laughs> inner work is a big one for sure. Uh, all right. I think I'm going to go do a little bit of inner work journaling and start the weekend early. All right. Y'all catch us next Friday on the black compass. Thanks for joining us this week on the black compass. Make sure to visit our websites at drjesswilliams.com and dynastyhunt.com where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes and Spotify so you'll never miss a show. And while you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'll appreciate a rating on iTunes or if you'll simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. And remember, the world shouldn't define where you go. Your internal black coffee should.